I grew up in a community in North Jersey, just across the river from New York City. And a couple times a year, mom and dad would take us on a trip to see the big buildings around the holidays. It was always a sight to see as Macy's and Saks Fifth Avenue decorated their windows. St. Patrick's Cathedral, always decorated for the holidays. And Rockefeller Center, it was a wonder to behold. I remember one time, my cousins who lived out of town came in to visit, and they wanted to go to see the big city. So mom and dad brought us in as a whole group. And us kids, since we went from little on to the city, we were taught at a young age, when you go and you walk the streets of New York, this is how you do it. You keep your head down, you look forward, and you don't point, and you don't look up, and you don't stare at anyone. That's just not good to do. Now my cousins, they didn't get this instruction when they were growing up. When they went into the city, Wow, look at that place. Look over there. Look at that one over there. They're here. Look, look. Oh my gosh. <laughs> kind of a crazy, crazy visit. What large buildings. Wow. So much to marvel in. So much to be amazed and distracted by. As Jesus came with his disciples out of the temple, the disciples themselves were pretty wowed by what they saw. And truth be told, the temple was quite the thing. Some of the large stones weighed 40 tons. And the whole complex was about the size of three football fields. It was a wonder and a marvel in the ancient world. And when those disciples came out of the temple, they were just filled with awe at God's house Wow, imagine this, how wonderful it is. Now, a generation after that encounter that day, when Mark was sitting down to write his gospel story of hope, a gospel story about the kingdom of God coming into the troubles of this world, the hearers would be reminded that Jesus' words about the temple falling apart and being left in ruins, those large stones being thrown down, that would have been their reality. Because after that day, years after, the Romans came to town and they destroyed the temple. It took them some time, but they dismantled it. And they laid the house of God into ruins and they desecrated the holy space. And the people of the time were frightened. Not only of the violence in that act and the destruction. But frightened about this world that just seemed to be filled with violence and pain and death. And Jesus says to them, beware. Beware. Beware, in the midst of the violence and the uncertainty, in the midst of personal calamity, 
Beware of those who would lead you astray. Beware of those who pretend to know the solution to the world's problems. Beware of those who use fear to motivate action and response. Beware of those who try to move you away from the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel found, the kingdom of God found in the steadfast love and the presence of Christ right in the midst of life's troubles. Fear is a horrible thing. Fear is a horrible thing because it can use all too quickly. It is used to get us off track. It causes us to turn inward on ourselves. It becomes, we become defensive when we are afraid. We try to take matters into our own hands. Ultimately, it leads to separation from others. It leads to violence. Fear is the work of false prophets of every age that want to use the calamities of the time to get people to support their agenda. Jesus is different. Instead of fear, Jesus involves hope. Jesus extends the hope of the gospel. The kingdom of God is present in this moment, right in the midst of the earthquakes and the fires and the threats to our security. The kingdom of God is present. And followers are invited to repent, to turn to God, to turn away from the fear in their hearts, to the joy of the gospel that says, I am with you in this moment. I will not leave you alone. You are mine, and you will pass through the waters and the fires and I will be at your side. Turning to God, we hear the message of love and grace. Turning to God, we seek the things that make peace. Turning to God, instead of being afraid of our neighbor and especially those of a different tribe, turning to God, we see in the other, even the one that looks nothing like ourselves, we see in the other the face of God. Turning to God, we reach out with courage to love our neighbor, to care for them. We seek peace for them, and we seek justice in our world. Justice is a balancing of the scales. Because right now the scales are in favor of the wealthy and the powerful. And they discard the vulnerable and those in poverty. And that's not just now. That was also the time of Jesus. It's part of the human experience. That those who have will use fear to keep others without. 
But the gospel seeks justice. It seeks to lift up the vulnerable and those in poverty. It seeks to lift up those who have been turned away and include them. And as they are lifted up, the scales are balanced. And we get closer to God's vision and dream for humanity. We get closer to being wowed not by the big buildings, but by the great and awesome power of God's love. This past week, I had a wonderful glimpse of that. Um, Gary DeCray and I took a tour of Hidden Valley Elementary School right here in our neighborhood. Gary and I have been listening to our neighbors as part of an effort to reach out with our church to our growing neighborhood. The mission field has changed since St. James moved to this place decades ago. No longer do the neighbors around the church resemble those inside the church. And our future as a congregation Our ability to connect with God's kingdom in this place is linked to our ability of being able to reach out beyond ourselves into this neighborhood. And so we had a wonderful conversation this week. Uh, We were shown around by Mrs. Black, the uh, principal at Hidden Valley. Now, Hidden Valley has its share of struggles Um, It has the largest amount of poverty in all the schools in the district. It also is the most diverse, with maybe the exception of the high school, in terms of student populations. Other languages other than English are more apt to be spoken in Hidden Valley. And people there are more likely to come from non-European descendants. There's a lot of struggle with things like test scores and and trying to understand culture. And and yet when we walked around that school, we got a glimpse of what God is able to do in a community. Of people, teachers, and parents working together to try to navigate cultural differences. To try to understand one another. She was very proud of her teachers and her parents. And that was inspiring. And I got to tell you, I was proud. Because as I walked through the halls of that school, guess what? I saw people that belonged to this church teaching there. I saw people, children of God, living out their baptismal ministry right in the midst of the struggle. And what others might just want to walk away from or discard, they were there sharing God's love and mercy and grace with the children. And it was making a difference. You could see it in the children and you could also see it in the struggle and the smile of the teachers. What wonderful large buildings What wonderful things God is doing in and through us as a community. There is hope. 
that even in the midst of struggle, these are just the birth pangs of something good that God is bringing to pass. And so, I am so happy and proud to be a part of a community that reaches out with God's love, that keeps our heart and our focus and our mind not on the fearful things that surround, but rather on the grace and the love of Christ who leads ahead. What wonderful, large buildings that is on which we can build our lives. Amen.